Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Lovely day here today in Seattle. I was on a uh, road trip sort of halfway across the country and uh, replayed some of my favorite episodes over the past two weeks, and it's great to be back. Um, Oh, I had such an exciting weekend. I'm going to talk about that in this first segment Talk about some dogs in the news and um, some nice stories, some not-so-nice stories, and uh, maybe a little bit about training. And then in this, uh, after the first segment, um, I'll be talking for the rest of the show with Dr. Brian Hare, who is the founder of Dognition, which is online, dognition.com. Dot com is the website. Check it out. And he's also the co-author of a book called The Genius of Dogs. And um, it's really, really uh, an exciting um, sort of movement that they've got started and something that everybody can participate in with their dog at home. And uh, really looking forward to talking with him later in the show. First of all, want to acknowledge our proud partner, The Natural Pet Pantry. You can find them online at naturalpetpantry.com. They make raw and cooked food diets for dogs and cats. Locally made here in Seattle, they do free home, offer free home delivery. Oh, I'm sorry. It's practically free. There's a slight delivery charge. Um, and also their foods are sold in most um, quality, quality pet stores around the region. Natural Pet Pantry is uh, their company. Great food. What I've been doing since it's been hot is stuffing Kongs with Natural Pet Pantry raw food, freezing them, and then giving them to my dogs. And the dogs love them. They freak out in a good way. And it occupies them for a while, gives them something to do, and they just enjoy it so much. And uh, it's like a little frozen meat and vegetable popsicle. Did you say you were stuffing Kongs? Did I hear that right? Kongs, yeah. First of all, I don't think that sentence has ever been uttered in the history of English before. But oh, what, Eric. What, Eric has cats. <laughs> what is a Kong? <laughs> um, a Kong is a toy. It's like a hard rubber dog toy. Uh-huh. And um, it looks kind of like a beehive. Okay. Been around forever. And they're quite durable. And they have this hollowed out center that's great for stuffing with delicious things you like know what i think pet pantry i think abby the beagle has a kong that well there you go <laughs> but i had no idea that's what it was that called. is a kong <laughs> is it red or black it's red it's red that's yeah, a kong. It looks like a strawberry um yeah i maybe unless it's a s- actual strawberry because there is another company that makes a dog toy that really looks like a strawberry well, it's rubber. It's uh, got a hole in it, and you put treats inside. And the, the it's not painted as a strawberry, though. I think it's got a little green thing on the top. Okay, that, I think so. that's a different. I think that's um, Planet Dog makes okay. a soft rubber strawberry uh-huh. that has a hole in it, not a Kong. <laughs> I stand correct. You have so much to learn, Eric. <laughs> I do. How long have you been living with Abby? Uh, Abby's been living with us for, let's say, four months now, I think it's been. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff 
Try I recommend a Kong and stuffing it with something delicious. So Kongs are the kings. Well, of I like them rubber well. Rubber dog toys. No, I mean my cattle dogs are just brutal on toys. Brutal. There are few toys that they can that will stand up to yeah. their wrath. Really? Few <laughs> of the thousands that are out there. Very, very few. Kongs do pretty well. Um, chuck it balls, the orange ones, the the um, rubbery ones, mm-hmm. not tennis, not Tennessee balls because the fibers on the like real tennis balls um, can wear the dog's teeth down if they chew on them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they make a rubber ball. Chuck it makes a rubber. It looks like a tennis ball, but it's rubber. It's orange with blue stri- with a blue tennis stripe. Mm-hmm. Those are awesome. Those last forever. Um, you can't use those that Wimbledon. No, you can't. Jolly Ball. Jolly Ball. They make horse toys and, and dog toys, and they have a bounce and play. That's not terribly easy to find, but uh, Jen at Health Mutt up on 65th orders me some. Those things are... Uh, those things are awesome. The, those things can take a beating, let me tell you, because I have seen my dogs, my male cattle dog especially, just beats the crap out of it. I I remember you talking about uh, antlers um, yep. as, as chew toys. Yep. And uh, are you still using the antlers? Yes, they, they sure do. Antlers are great because they don't splinter. Mm-hmm. And I was a marrowbone feeder for years, but... I'm telling you, man, these cattle dogs. <laughs> they can tear through the bones either. Yeah. Um, Levi, wow. uh, I've seen the marrowbone splinter a few times because mm. they're such hard chewers. Mm-hmm. So we do the um, the antlers. They last forever. Well, not literally, but they last a very long time. And they're a little pricey, but totally worth it. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll have to try i got to tell sometimes. you, for those of you who have... Dogs that are hard on toys, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people out there who know that if they are trying a new toy, it may be a five minute fun, right? You know, massacre. Kids, I I, I think you know sometimes they're it's a five minute toy, and sometimes it's you know will last a lifetime if they're made right. Yeah. So though, when you find the ones that can stand up to your dog, and where your dog can really just go nuts on it, mm. and it lasts for you know so a while, Kongs are the Tonka trucks of I guess dog so. toys. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> in that they last a long time. Yeah, and rather than fill a Kong with like that easy cheese stuff that the company makes, that mm. I don't even know what it has in it. I could look it up, but I can pretty much guarantee it's not really terribly healthy. Well, easy cheese isn't good for people, exactly. so <laughs> chances Same are it's container. not good for dogs. Why not, why not get some natural pit pant- pantry or, you know, uh-huh. fresh food, fill it with that? What we've been using uh, for Abby is a um, a bison jerky, and then mm-hmm. put the jerky inside, and then she... Yeah. It's at that. No, I know you've been feeding like natural puzzle. pet pantries. So just stuff, right. stuff some of that good stuff in a Kong, mm-hmm. freeze it. Abby okay. will be like, wow, look at this. That's a good idea. Yeah. Give well, a part of her meal that way. So if we could saw it. You just have to thaw it out. Right, right. And then refreeze it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Inside the Kong. Oh, I made a concoction because I ran out and uh, like I had a little bit of natural pet pantry. And then I put in some pumpkin, 
I think I even opened a can of tuna and put that in there. Some blueberries. I was like, wow. all right, what do we have? Dogs are psyched, really, either way. So, anyway. Durable toys. For those of you who have dogs that are hard on toys, you know they are hard to find. Chuck it balls, Kongs, uh, Jolly Ball. Jolly Ball. Bounce and play. I like the name of Jolly Ball. Doesn't have the handle on it. The Jolly Ball that has the handle on it, the dogs chew the handle off. And then the Jolly Ball is now vulnerable, and then they can just chew the rest of it up. But the one that doesn't have the handle on it, it's just a ball. So awesome. Try it out. Okay. Um, I had, oh, there's this, just quickly, you guys, I know those of you who are listening are probably not the people who need to hear this. I'm preaching to the choir right now, but there was this story about a service dog that was um, in, still in its training program, so under the care of professionals in the industry, died of heat stroke because he was left in a car for two hours. Ah. Uh, it's like, how many times do we have to say it? Don't leave a dog in a car when it's hot out, even if it's 70 degrees. I mean, the numbers are, are like after 20 minutes, the especially if it's humid, the temperature can rise to like 109 degrees or something like that in the car. I just every summer it's like a cringe because I know inevitably there's going to be a number of stories of you know, unfortunate situations where dogs die as a result of being left in a hot car, even for 20 minutes. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be two hours. Two hours is beyond me. I just can't even, I can't even wrap my brain around how that happened. Um, but you got to be vigilant. In the article I read about it, the word that they used was vigilant. And I would, I liked that statement. Like, really, you just don't, you know, just be so careful when it's even remotely warm out. Just no, don't leave your dog in the car, please. Um, so I was the MC at the um, Puget Sound Dock Dogs event at Bite of Seattle over the weekend. And you mean the master of ceremonies, not like in the hip hop sense where you were <laughs> dropping some knowledge on people with some fat rhymes. Um, no. I, not the second one. Dropping the knowledge, yes. Although the we were rhymes. we were listening to some pretty sweet old hip hop. All right. So yes, but I was the announcer. And you busted some moves. We did. We did. <laughs> okay, so you were an MC in both senses then. Um. Yeah, it was so much fun. Oh my gosh, the dogs. I mean, it's if you've ever seen a Doc Dogs event. Uh, Doc Dogs is a um, national, maybe even international. Uh, sort of mothership and then there's these local clubs um, that operate and Puget Sound Dock Dogs is our local Puget Sound organization. We had some participants from Cascade Dock Dogs and then um, Dock Dogs of the Tri-Cities as well. Some of the, um, I think the president of Puget Sound Doc, of Cascade Dock Dogs was competing and I think the vice president from Dock Dogs of Tri-Cities. So there's all these different events that they do. They do the, their big air event, which is uh, basically a long jump off of a dock into a pool of water. And it's a mobile pool. So they actually set this up in Seattle Center, right next to the EMP, which is the Experience Music Project, right under the Space Needle. 
there's some um, photos on our Facebook fan page, so you can check that out. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And you can also search for Puget Sound Doc Dogs. Um, there's the Big Air event, and one of the world record holders was there who's a local dog, and his name is Kachiti, and he's a whippet, and he can run up to 40 miles an hour, and he jumped 31 feet was the world record. He didn't jump 31 feet at the event, but that's how far he has jumped. So fun to see him jump and all the other dogs, the new dogs, some of the dogs that was their first time ever. And one of the things that I pointed out a lot to the crowd, especially as it was happening, was that the dogs are never forced or pushed off of the end of the dock. Um for maybe obvious reasons, but I think a lot of people would be kind of tempted to do that because they want the dogs to jump so bad. Or even if you're just doing this in your own summer fun, you're at a dock and you want your dog to go get the ball. Maybe you don't want to have to go in and get it yourself. But it's really uh, kind of a crappy thing to do. And it um, if you push your dog off the dock, it doesn't necessarily, you know, it's so valuable. And I'll be talking with about this in a completely different context with Dr. Brian Hare in my interview um, in just a few minutes at the beginning of the next segment. But it's really about honoring the dog's thought process and their ability to Mm. troubleshoot something, kind of figure something out or to get, get over something or work through something on their own. So that then when they do it, then the next time they're going to come back more confident as opposed to next time coming back potentially fearful. And then one of the things that I said to the crowd was, you know, I don't know about you, but if I walked down to the end of a dock with a friend and they pushed me in, I probably wouldn't walk back out to the end of the dock with them again. Right. Or wouldn't be too psyched to do so. So that was a really cool thing to see sort of played out in that specific context. They also had an extreme vertical event, which is a high jump where the dog has to pull a bumper off of a um, magnetic holder that's raised up. That was really exciting. That was Saturday night. There's a video of that posted on our Facebook page. Do all dogs inherently know how to swim? Some dogs like water, some dogs do not. But uh, if if push came to shove and let's say that jerky friend (laughs) of theirs pushed them off the the dock there, um, would a dog inherently know how to do his doggy paddle to get back to shore, or is that something that they actually have to learn over time? A lot of dogs do inherently know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard of a dog drowning, but I suppose it's got to happen. Oh, sure. Yeah. Dogs can drown. And similarly, like if they get into high, uh, into rapids. But like Leia, my dachshund, not a good swimmer. Hmm. She can swim, but... If she got tossed off a dock and went mm-hmm. and got plunged underneath, she I mean, she literally she's like a log in the water. And I don't mean to be funny about it because I'm not. But she, like her legs are so short, she can like, like roll log, on her back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there was this dog, this bulldog that was a, around helping us raise money for Chase Away Canine Cancer, uh, which was a club that we were raising. Uh, not a club uh, organization we were raising money for that um, helps to fund uh, cancer, canine cancer research and raise awareness. And so Dozer was walking around, and he swam. He didn't jump off the dock, but I've heard he does. He swam, um, but he had a life vest on. So he swims with the aid of a life vest. So Mm -hmm. some dogs, just structurally, they're not built for it. So what you need to do is get Leia a life jacket that's shaped like a hot dog bun. Yeah. And then she'd be all set. Floaties. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, totally. She'd like it. She likes to swim. And she can do it, like I said, but... 
All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Dr. Brian Hare with Dognition. He's also the co-author of The Genius of Dogs. Can't wait to talk to him. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Watching the ships roll in And then I watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Good afternoon, Seattle, and welcome to the Joper Show. I'm Joe Janot, live on Alternative Talk Radio. If you're going to have the Joper Show, you have to have on the town with Lisa. You know, there is a lot of blogging and Twittering about Seattle Sonics. I think the expansion is coming sooner than we expect. And then at the 2 o'clock hour, man, we're going to talk booze. So we brought in a cool cat from Three Point Production to talk about the event. Talking about a documentary. There's not any documentary. Talk about hip-hop, about the vibe of Seattle and how it sort of progressed. We're talking food, sports, and fun every Friday, 1 to 3, here on Alternative Talk 1150 with The Jopra Show. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Northwest School of Animal Massage, we cover the world of animals. This week, July 28th, we'll broadcast live from Bothell Feed Center and their customer appreciation days. Buy one, get one half off, refreshments, demos, and fun events. We'll talk about living with city chickens, and Dr. Nels Rasmussen will be there to do hands-on treatments for your animal friends. Plan to join us for all the fun. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist www.sensitivedog.com Conscious Living for Conscious People Alternative Talk 1150 Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes A nice selection, Eric They need to rewrite that Jumping off the dock <laughs> Jumping off the dock of the yeah, bay yes. For dock dogs uh, all right. Now we are back with Dr. Brian Hare, who is, um, Dr. Hare, are you the founder, co-founder of Dognition? You got it. Co-founder? Uh, co-founder with my wife. That's right. Excellent. And you co-authored The Genius of Dogs with your wife as well, Vanessa Williams? That's right. And My better half for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, I especially appreciate what you're doing because my expertise is in training and behavior like Prescott. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in a conversation every day practically with my clients 
getting them to see one that their dogs can think and then mm-hmm. two how their dogs think what that looks like what that feels like to us and and how they need to be in order to create the space and time to let their dog actually have a thought process rather than for example just say over and over again sit 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 it's like <laughs> you know absolutely so the the value of what you're doing for me is huge because you know like in the materials that I was sent about dognition and and like you say um you know we see the value in our dogs of of the love factor the 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 affection how cute they are to us and sort of that that heart connection but we so generally so neglect their need for an outlet for their mental energy i mean they are greatly mm-hmm. unemployed in their lives mm-hmm. with us and that's not how they were designed to be that's right no i think that's right exactly and you know dognition is all about celebrating individual dogs mm-hmm. and recognizing the fact that not all dogs are the same i think it's something we all know we all take for granted but i think we now have the tools to figure out exactly what kind of individual do you have sleeping in your bed with you um and I think the most fun thing is when you're able to compare your dog to another dog and see how it solves problems uh, in its own special way. And that's what Dognition is all about, is helping you use uh, information about whether your dog is one that relies very heavily on empathy or it uses its memory a lot or it's very communicative uh, or maybe it's a dog that reasons a lot or it could be a cunning dog. And these are all things we help you look at and measure and then directly compare your dog to all the other dogs that have played these games so that you know among dogs what is the strategy your your best friend is relying on mm-hmm. uh, to make it the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Also fun for people who have multiple dogs to to compare, you know, the siblings, so to speak, um, and to see how one <laughs> well, dog... Well, that's where we've generally gotten the strongest reaction from people is yeah. when they compare their two dogs and then they, they see <laughs> just exactly what it is that's making them so different. And, yeah. and that's been really, really fun. Um, and, you know, I think the the other exciting thing is that, you know, as a scientist, you know, I think in general people think that science is something that somebody else does. Um, that's something that happens in universities. But the nice thing about the Internet is it makes it possible where now everybody can participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not only do you learn about your own dog, but you're contributing and helping us learn about all dogs so that we can find patterns that we can't see using more conventional approaches, mm-hmm. and we can share it with everybody so that we all understand dogs better. So that's the goal of Dognition, really. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who have listened to the show before, you remember very recently the series of interviews that I did with the, some of the presenters at the Sparks conference, and Dr. Hare actually um, did a presentation. He Skyped in for it. Uh, uh, you're um, talking to us now from North Carolina, but he's uh, part of that community as well. Um, so a few things. First of all, the fact that you're pointing out right out of the gates, really focusing on dogs as individuals, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a trainer, I am fortunate to where I came from, where I learned how to do this. Um, 
was taught a lot of different styles and techniques and really got to work mm-hmm. also with a lot of dogs uh, right as I was learning. So I got to work with mm-hmm. all, you dogs from all the different breed groups and all that. And one of the things that um, I, is frustrating for my clients when they mm-hmm. have been to trainers who have come from like this school that does sure. this one thing that might right. not be a great fit for their dog as Perfect. an individual. Exactly. And so, I, so you know, bringing awareness so, so to that. Absolutely. So just to riff off that point is, um, you know, it's just like people. Some people respond to one teaching style and other people don't respond to that teaching style. And so Dognition, part of, uh, you know, what Dognition is all about is helping the community of trainers, the community of applied behaviorists who try to help us solve problems we have with our dogs, to have a new tool, to have a way to not just, you know, get to know the dog and then come up with strategies to deal with that individual, but to potentially predict the different techniques that you could use with a dog that has been assessed using Dognition. Mm-hmm. I think the, the quickest way I can explain this is to think about something as simple as sitting. So, you know, you want to train your dog to sit, and you're having a hard time. Uh, well, there can be multiple explanations, and a one-size-fits-all approach may not be enough to solve certain problems that can present themselves. So, for instance, you say sit. One reason that your dog isn't listening to you is because your dog doesn't have a very good memory. It actually sits down, but it forgets a few seconds later that you told it to sit. You think it's being disobedient. Actually, it doesn't have a particularly good memory that it relies on. Another example is your dog may not be very good with gestures. So you tell your dog to sit down. Most dogs are very responsive to gestures, but your dog happens to be one of those dogs that's not tuned that way. It doesn't really respond to human gestures the way that most dogs do. That would be another reason your dog's not sitting. And another reason might be that actually your dog is incredibly cunning. And the reason you're having a hard time getting it to sit and stay is because it knows when you can and can't see it. If you turn your back, it knows that it can get away with walking off and there's nothing you can do about it. So all of those individual um, cognitive styles, as we call them, might require a different strategy to help the owner have a dog that sits when you ask it to sit. So Dognition is all about helping you identify what's the learning style or what's the cognitive style your dog has so you can approach this uh, sort of in a more individual, um, tuned way. Mm. And really getting people, I mean, one, in the first place for people who may not even have known that, oh, well, why isn't the dog doing this? Or why is the dog doing this? If we're talking about an undesirable behavior, how important Mm -hmm. it is when you're working with a dog to really understand the why behind the behavior so that you can formulate the the proper way to work out of it or work into it, whatever the case may be. That's right. And I think what it does is, I mean, you know, Dognition is, when I say celebrating individuals, I mean, really what I mean is that there are different Um, strategies that dogs deploy and rely on. And it's not that one is better than the other. It Mm -hmm. really isn't. And it sounds politically correct, but actually it's scientifically correct. This is the way that cognitive psychologists study humans and study all sorts of animals, not just dogs. Um, 
So we're really interested in strategies animals use, and we know that different individuals use different strategies, and generally they use those strategies because they work for that individual. Um, so it's not about there's a, a really smart dog or a really um, dumb dog. It's what is the strategy your dog uses, and then can you take advantage of that? And then does that help you understand some of the things that your dog might be doing that you're not happy with? Um, and so that's what we mean by celebrating the individual. I think it, I think it um, is very much related to what you're, you're saying as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made a great point that we will sort of leave with before the first break is that it's also in the uh, population of trainers, there tends to be, and it's sort of ironic, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like uh, protectiveness almost of the what I do and like my methods and uh, people get their hackles up pretty easily, which is sort of funny to me. But that really recognizing that it's important to be equipped with, you know, lots of different methods so that you can figure out what works best for this dog as an individual. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about being effective versus ineffective. So... Absolutely. It's just a way to have one more tool at your disposal to try to help the animals we all love. That's what it's all about. Well, when we come back from break, I want to talk more specifically about what Dognition is and sort of Mm -hmm. give people a little bit more of a picture of of what they're going to. The website is Dognition.com. Definitely check it out. You can find them on Facebook as well. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with Dr. Brian Hare. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. injury old or new that won't heal are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past for over a decade robert meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options don't settle for pain and illness call 425-828-6190 that's 425-828-6190 again 425-828-6190 the acupuncture and sports clinic of kirkland heal faster play longer there's an exciting new astrology hour tuesdays at 5 p.m with deborah silverman deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain english Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading Tuesdays at 5 p.m. And visit Deborah's website at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune in to my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog. 
thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist www.sensitivedog.com The new mainstream of talk radio Alternative Talk 1150 AM Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150 Perhaps you are hearing us on Blog Talk Radio streaming live Perhaps streaming live on 1150kknw.com, or maybe archived on iTunes as a free audio podcast or from our website, dogradioshow.com. So many ways to listen. In any case, welcome back. We are back with Dr. Brian Hare, who's co-founder of Dognition and the co-author of a book called The Genius of Dogs. Welcome back to the show. So we were talking, um, I want to talk in this segment about what Dognition is. We we talked a bit in the first part of our conversation about how it really um, values dogs as individuals in how Dognition is structured. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit. We talked about the you know the industry in general. Um, but tell us about sort of the structure of Dognition so that somebody who may have never heard of Dognition before might have a better understanding of what's going on, sure, what what, what there is so, to expect. So absolutely. So the idea is that we have taken um, games that uh, present problems to dogs that are actually from the published scientific literature. Um, so we didn't just pull them out of thin air and make them up. These are games that have been tested again and again by scientists to evaluate the cognitive abilities of a variety of species, not just dogs, chimpanzees, human children, birds, etc. And we've taken a collection of games that we think measure uh, core competencies of what it takes to be a dog. Um, so uh, those games help us um, help you assess your dog's empathy your dog's um, communicative abilities, how cunning they are, their memory skills, and their reasoning abilities. And when you go to the website, you sign up, and if you'd like, you can sign up and have a trial for free. You can basically play half of the games for free um, and see what you think. Uh, and if you decide to, to go all the way and get the full report about the dog, then uh, you pay and you get the rest of the game and you get a, um, a full set of instructions that teaches you how to play these games with your dog. And using uh, either an iPad or an iPhone, you walk through the instructions. There's videos that tell you exactly how to do it step by step. You play the games with your dog, you're going to have a great time because you can't play problem-solving games with dogs uh, that they don't enjoy. So they're designed right. to be things that dogs will have a fun time doing, right. uh, and you should have a fun time too. Uh, and uh, you just tell us what your dog does, and we'll ask you a, a series of questions uh, as you play the game. You just answer those questions on your iPhone or iPad or even on your computer. And then once you finish all the games, all of that data comes back here to North Carolina, 
it is analyzed immediately using an algorithm. It then is immediately um, uh, 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 spun into a report that is individualized for your dog, and those results are sent back to you immediately. Uh, so you get to find out how your dog compares on all these games relative to other dogs, and we help you think about what this might mean. Um, if your dog is one that really tends to be very reliant on human gestures, uh, but uh, may not be uh, particularly reliant on their memory. Uh, or you can have a dog that's the exact reverse. Um, and so we talk about what that might mean and what the tests mean and how they were developed uh, uh, to give you um, a better understanding of how cognitive scientists think about it animal thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you really get excited, you can sign up for a subscription, and there's a new game every month. And the idea is that dogs enjoy the mental stimulation of doing different activities and being challenged by new problems, just like people do. It's a common thing that all mammals enjoy is facing new problems. Uh, and and uh, each month you get a new game. There's, there's all sorts of other content uh, where we're talking about new discoveries that scientists are making that can help uh, enhance how you're training uh, your dog or um, how you're working with your clients. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's uh, in some total what dog missions are all about. Mm -hmm. That's so great. Um, you know, the the scientific aspect of it, I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize that he, like within the past decade or so, there's actually quite a lot of scientific research that's going on around, you know, how dogs think, dogs' cognitive abilities, and more well, and more. I'll just jump in and tell you the newest discovery, which blew my mind as somebody who thinks of dogs as being incredibly cognitive and sophisticated, is Adam Aklosi, a yep. very famous Hungarian scientist who's probably done more work than anybody else on dogs. In, a way, in, a, in many ways, is, it should be everyone's hero who is interested in dog psychology, including me. Uh, he was able to demonstrate that um, dogs are capable of imitating human actions uh, after only seeing a novel action one time. That is absolutely remarkable. If you're a trainer trying to get animals to learn new skills and to get them to do new things, basically what Adam's shown is you don't have to teach the dog each trick. You can actually teach the dog how to learn incredibly rapidly. Uh, and that is just unbelievably remarkable and so exciting. So that's just an example mm -hmm. of uh, one of the types of discovery that's being made. And I, that's one of the things that he was talking about at Sparks, um, that study. And it was really interesting that he taught the dogs how to imitate and what imitating was. And then they were like, oh, you know, I think you would agree with me that dogs don't get enough credit. Yeah, I think I think definitely within science, if you'd gone back 10 years ago, uh, absolutely, dogs were thought of, uh, that's the thesis in our whole book, The Genes of Dogs, is that dogs were thought of as being completely unremarkable, and there was really no scientific interest in studying them uh, other other than in some uh, laboratory experiments mm -hmm. that, you know, probably they weren't particularly enjoying. Right. Um, and now, because people have been willing to bring their dogs in, their pet dogs, and let scientists like myself play games with them, many of the same games we challenge human infants with or great apes with, 
um, or many other animals we think of as being highly intelligent. Dogs are showing again and again where not only uh, are they solving problems as complex as these other animals, but in many ways, when it comes to solving problems using humans, they're solving the most complex problems. And in many, and, and, and in shocking ways, they're similar to human infants. Uh, in, in some cases, more than our closest primate relatives, bonobos and chimpanzees. Mm. So I can tell you there's tremendous energy among scientists to understand dogs better now. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things, too, that dognition is such a gift to people, for sure, but really to, to dogs, is that if somebody goes and engages with dognition with their dog and, you know, they're given these set of games and they get to find out this, you know, find some stuff out about their dog within the context of, of science um, in a really fun way is that it really has people be present to their dogs in a way that we usually are often aren't Uh in the sense of, I mean, people often aren't terribly really present in our lives in general because things move so fast now and you can do five things at once from your phone and all that and all of that is great but working with dogs so much so much of the challenge for people and I'm talking about like the general public is just slowing down and getting present to your dog simply spending time with with them Um, and and I you know I, I can't agree more because I think one of the things that we've gotten from feedback from Dognition is people's initial response is, oh my goodness, this takes a really long time. (laughs) But then if you step back and think about it for a second, it on average takes 80 minutes to play all these games with your dog. Surely we have time to interact with our dogs for 80 minutes. And we don't have to, you don't have to do all the games at once. You can break it up into 15 minutes of playing on one weekend and wait to the next weekend and do the next game. And, you know, that can be a fun thing to do over four or five weekends. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that we have time to play with our dogs for 15, 20 minutes every week. Yeah. Um, and I think that at the very least, it will get people excited to think about the fact, hey, wait a second, um, you know, I can spend more time with my dog, and this is one activity we can do together, yeah. uh, you know, to um, make sure we have fun uh, every week. Yeah. And the thing that people do, too, when we talk about, oh, I know I need to, you know, meet my dog's energy needs, and we think of physical energy, and I, mm-hmm. you know, walking and running and all that kind of stuff, but the whole other half, at least, is the mental energy part of it. And dogs, you know, the good news for you people at home is that it'll get your dog nice and tired as well and really, like, satisfied and calm and balanced. Well, absolutely, because the most expensive organ in our body is our brain. It right. burns more energy than anything else. It leaves muscles in the in the dust when it comes to energy expenditure. Mm. So uh, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um you know, and and the other thing is, we have plenty of evidence from all sorts of studies that if you give uh, dogs the choice between um, either um, just being fed food that's sitting in front of them or actually having to earn the food um, by solving a problem, in many cases, dogs prefer to have to earn the food. Mm. Uh, and we see that in lots of animals, that, um, you know, dogs are 
uh, very similar to lots of other species in that they've evolved to want to solve problems in order to, um, you know, make their living. Uh, and similar so to people, huh? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more with Dr. Brian Hare, co-founder of Dognition. Go to dognition.com and get going with your dog or dogs. Uh, It's such fun work, and your dog will thank you for it. And also check out um, the book that Brian has co-authored. It's called The Genius of Dogs. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. You better hit bulls out of kid, don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Camely Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. We pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area. Licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com. Hi, I'm Martha Childress with the Natural Choice Network. Join us every Tuesday at 1230 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite leaders from our sustainable community to share their unique visions and valuable insights. You'll learn great tools to make your life greener, healthier, and more sustainable for generations to come. Thank you for making The Natural Choice. That's The Natural Choice Network every Tuesday at 1230 p.m. Please join us. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition every Friday at noon. Radio for your body, mind, and spirit. Alternative Talk, 1150. Nice, Eric. Welcome back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. Did you cover that one when you were emceeing for the <laughs> doc dogs? Um, I... I there were some close ones to that, like Jump Jump by Criss Cross. Oh, classic. Yeah, I don't know if we were blessed with vanilla ice during the weekend, <laughs> but um so we are back with Dr. Brian Hare of Dognition. Welcome back. Dognition.com is the website. I will post a link on our homepage, dogradioshow.com. I've posted a link on our Facebook page. Um, or you can just go to Dognition. You can also find them on Facebook as well. And it's a essentially sort of a series of games that are um, based from established, published scientific studies in dog cognition that you can actually play with your dog at home to learn more about your dog as an individual and how he or she thinks and solves problems. Such an awesome such an awesome thing. I'm so excited that you guys exist. <laughs> um, and I'm really curious. We are too. Yeah, I bet. 
Really curious. I mean, we could talk for hours. Uh, really curious in this last segment about, you know, one of the, the, the valuable aspects of Dognition is that it really, you know, you're gathering all this information about dogs all over the world. Um, yeah. So it's sort of this idea of the citizen scientist, I think, is what what you mm-hmm. refer to it as. And and, you know, people are doing this 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 work at home and then entering it in. And then, you know, you're compiling all of this data and that continues to grow and grow. Have you sort of you know, what have you learned so far from what you've you know, the information that you've gotten? Now, you guys just started in February. Is that right? Yeah, we just opened our doors in February. That's right. And you're right. Anybody in the world can do this because of the Internet. Uh, And that's what's so exciting. So uh, I think there are really two levels of discovery. I think there's discovery we can make about all dogs here uh, as Dognition researchers. We're collaborating with many of the best animal cognition scientists all over the world, People like Adam McClosey uh, are on our scientific advisory board, Laurie Santos, Joseph Call, people who are world-renowned for um, under, are doing research with uh, a variety of animals, actually, uh, myself and others. Um, and we are going to use the data to make discoveries like the following. Um, everybody's interested in breed differences, but mm. if you step back and think about the challenge that that questions about breed differences presents to a scientist, you understand why we have made little progress in rigorously testing our ideas about breed differences. The reason is because there are hundreds of breeds, depending on who you're talking to, which breed club you are um, putting your stock in. And when there are so many breeds, well, that means you need lots and lots of dogs to look at any one trait that you might be interested in uh, it being different between the breeds. Mm -hmm. So no one has been able to have 30 dogs or 30 individuals of each breed uh, when there are hundreds of breeds and test them on some cognitive test, say memory, uh, uh, for uh, past events. Um, and see if there is one breed that's different than the other uh, that stands out from all the others or groups of breeds. I mean, that's just not feasible scientifically in the past. Dognition changes the game completely. If people get excited about finding out about their own dogs, which they are, from all over the world, we're going to have a beautiful database that we can finally ask all the questions that everybody is interested in having the answer to about dogs. Uh, You know, everything from, you know, does a Great Dane have better memory than a Chihuahua? And is it that a Chihuahua is more empathic than a Great Dane? I mean, we don't know the answer to that question. Nobody can rigorously test it. We all have opinions about it, I'm sure. Nothing wrong with that, but it'd be fun if we could actually test it. So one of our first discoveries that we've been able to make with our initial data that we have is we've found that purebred dogs and mixed breed dogs have a different strategy to solve the same set of problems. Hmm. Purebred dogs tend to be much more reliant on human gestures than mixed breed dogs. Mixed breed dogs tend to be much more reliant on their memory than purebred dogs. Hmm. Now that is nothing that I would have predicted before we started this project. It's not to say that mixed breed dogs don't use human gestures. They do, and they're good at it. They're just not as reliant as purebreds. Mm -hmm. Purebred dogs seem to have a very strong bias to listen to what you have to say more than mixed breeds. And vice versa, mixed breeds tend to really believe their memory more than potentially what you're trying to tell them. 
uh, Dognition has been able to reveal that in our data, and now we can potentially use that information, or I can take it back to a more conventional laboratory setting and play fun games with people's pet dogs, maybe a smaller group of pet dogs, and see exactly what's going on. Why mm-hmm. did we find that at Dognition? Mm-hmm. So without Dognition, I would have never known to look at that. And so that's the future, is we'll be able to see things with greater resolution that we didn't predict, we didn't know was out there, and explains a lot of the behaviors that we want to understand better. Mm. So interesting. So many different facets to this, um, you know, like what you just talked about, for example. I mean, there's just so much going on. It's so rich. It's great. Well, and I think the other thing that that people, um, I hope they appreciate, is that the federal government in the United States uh, is only going to invest in research on dogs that potentially has direct benefit to humans. Mm-hmm. And so that's been one of the big problems of right. why scientists haven't been able to make more discoveries. If you wonder, hey, why isn't there more science? Well, right. the reason is there's no way to pay for it. Yeah. So Dognition has been a wonderful, um, has, has the wonderful potential to completely change all of that. Yeah. Um, because dog lovers can actually, um, essentially, help us make it possible to just answer questions about dogs. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. It's uh, The website is dognition.com. Go check it out. Um, play the games with your own dog. And uh, it's a it's a great gift to give yourself and your dog, and also the you know the movement, the scientific movement, to continue to gather the data to learn more about uh, the dogs, you know, the animals that we live with. Um, so again, that's dognition.com. Uh, Dr. Brian Hare and his wife are the co-founders, and they are also the co-authors of a book called The Genius of Dogs. Uh, great read. Check that out as well, and uh, you can find them on Facebook. If you've missed any part of this interview, you can catch all of our episodes, all of our over 225 uh, archived on iTunes as a free audio podcast, and also on our website. You can listen anytime, dogradioshow.com. I'll post links to all of the great Dognition stuff on our, on our website as well. Dr. Brian Hare, it was wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time today and for the work that you're doing. Thank you. It was a great pleasure. And, um, you know, I look forward to coming back and speaking sometime with you. Sounds good. All right. Have a great week. Keep your dogs safe and out of hot cars, please. And we'll be back next week live from 2 to 3 p.m. on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.